0: Great to have you company for LifeWords Q&A. Uh, it's great to be able to discuss questions of life and faith with David Ray each week. G'day David, good to have you again. Thanks Andrew, good to be here. Well we've got three questions and we'll be looking at uh, does the Bible have any view of the existence of life on other planets? This is good timing with another sci-fi movie called The Martian coming out soon. Uh, but first David, I've heard the uh, that the authorship of some of the Bible books is unknown. Does it matter if we don't know who the author is?
1: Well Andrew, it is true that we don't know all the authors, um, Hebrews would be one of the more famous examples of that. And even where some of the authorship is stated by tradition, it may not be correct. For example, Moses writing Genesis and many scholars, for example, scholars who really do believe the Bible and worship Jesus, doubt whether Peter actually wrote to Peter and, um, not all the psalms are written by David, and Isaiah may not have written all the book that was attributed to him. And these are views by reputable evangelical scholars—not not all of them, but I mean, we're not talking about here about people who are dismissing the Bible as the authoritative Word of God. Um, I think we've got to understand there that the while human authorship is uh, of interest. Um, the Bible is ultimately authored by God in the sense that it's God-breathed or inspired, the technical word for it is. See, we can trust that he's overseen all the human authors, whether they're um, anonymous or not. Um, Also, note too, that it's not a simple matter of a person in the Bible writing a particular book and then seeing it through from A to B till the end. Um, Many books of the Bible were compilations of oral traditions over many years. And so for example, you could argue that a book like Genesis or Exodus has been put together uh, from the contributions of different sources over the years. Maybe so there's not just one author but perhaps an editor who put it all together. Um, So there's that aspect. And also, this might be a little bit more contentious, but in fact, it was not uncommon for ancient writers to attribute their works to someone they followed or respected. Um, and again, if you say, "Oh, well, that was dishonest," but hang on, you're using twenty-first century standards of um, uh, to judge what was in the ancient writers. You see, uh, uh, just on a parallel point, um, the ancient writers in the biblical times were not nearly as interested in statistical accuracy as what we are. We might say the the casualties from that battle or that war were twenty six thousand nine hundred and twelve or so on and so yeah. on, but they had no means of measuring those things. So, whether or not they the casualties were 10,000 or 12,000 or 2,000 or whatever, would not have mattered to a lot of those ancient writers because they weren't trying to write according to our. Historical standards, so it's wrong, I think, for us to judge what is right and wrong by our standards and and uh, sort of put them back on them. So 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 really, uh, if 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 you do hear arguments as you do from time to time, well, look, really, um, someone attributed this biblical book to this particular author, but in fact, it was written by someone else. And we might throw up our hands in horror and say, "What a dreadful thing!" Well, well, no, I think many biblical scholars will say, "No, no, no, that was actually part and parcel of what writers did," and you might say, "Well, wasn't that dishonest? honest i would want to say well no not really Uh, not according to their norms um and uh, but ultimately i think with all this um sort of uh topic divine worship is what we ultimately rely on who wrote the book of hebrews i don't really know but by golly there's a lot of good stuff from god in it and god was the ultimate author of it and uh uh whether or not we know and can be certain of the human authorship of each and every word of each and every book, I think is a very secondary matter.
0: And personally, I lose absolutely no sleep over it. Okay, David. Cool. If you've got a question for David, and uh, or you want to follow up uh, with a question uh, from what David's just said, you can email us lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. The email address is lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. This is a weekly podcast. We have got stacks for you to go back and listen to. You can find them all at hope1032.com.au. David, our second question Does the Bible have any view of the existence of life on other planets?
1: Well, in short, it doesn't have a view. Um, the Bible speaks of God's creation of our world, and by implication, whole universe, because the universe is obviously more than just our planet Earth. But our planet and our humanity is actually what the Bible deals with. So in short, we simply don't know what God may or may not have done elsewhere in the universe. Um, But we might tend to one of three views. Um, One is that ours is the only planet sustaining life as we know it, and that God's interaction with animate creation at least is simply confined to our planet. The rest of the universe, yes, it exists as a monument to God's creative power, um, but it has no place in his scheme of salvation. In other words, um, forget it. There's no real life on other planets. Uh, We are the ones who God is um, alone dealing with. Uh, When the new heavens and the new earth come, the rest of the universe is somehow transformed, but it may not impact us at all. So in other words, well, what's happening out there doesn't really interest us at all. But another approach is to argue that God may well be interacting with other life forms on other planets. Some you can perhaps hold that view. Um, that God may could have revealed himself in another way to another set of uh, animate life on some other planet. We've got no evidence of that. We may consider it very unlikely. And you might say, but the Bible says that God only reveals himself uh, to 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 us through his word and through Jesus and through his spirit. Well, yes, yes, but that that's talking about our planet. And remember, as I said right at the outset, we can only discuss what is happening on our planet. We can't categorically know what might be happening on some unknown planet somewhere else. We certainly know from our scientific explorations that life as we know it will probably not exist on any other planets in our solar system. We can yeah. probably say that. but. Is God totally incapable of creating life on some other on the, some other um, uh, entity on the far side of the universe? Um, who knows? Uh, mind you, some others might have an approach. Uh, the third approach is to argue that there may be some other deity out there doing things in ways we're unaware of. So in other words, a God, our God is dealing with us, but there could be another God dealing with other planets. Now, I, 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 as a Christian, would be very wary of that approach because it presumes the existence of rival gods, and I don't think I'm coming. <laughs> (laughs) But look, in the end, we we can only um, only live in the world as we know it and relate to a God who's revealed himself in certain ways to us. So uh, I can safely assume God's got no rivals and whatever else is going on in his universe, we can rely on what we know of him here and now on planet Earth. So I've just got to um, uh, confine myself to what I actually know. God is related to us. God has made this world. God was related to us. Uh, God has revealed himself to us through Jesus in his word. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Uh, and all this is happening on planet Earth. And uh, that really is all I know. And what could be happening on other planets, I really don't know. But in the end, it ultimately doesn't concern me.
0: Well, thanks, David. Uh, and uh, that's no tie-in to the latest film with Matt Damon, the Martian, at all. Uh, our third question for Q&A this week is, I recently read the book of Ecclesiastes and found it thoroughly negative. Uh, what's it all about and why is it in the Bible, David?
1: Well, yes, I can understand that uh, question having that response. I recently just preached a few sermons on the book of Ecclesiastes and its <laughs> it can be uh, a bit of a downer, as they say. Um Look, it was probably written by King Solomon as he reflected on his earthly powers and his struggle with the, his misuse of that power and the emptiness of it. I think basically Ecclesiastes is the way it is because it's a description of what life is like if you ultimately leave God right out of the picture. Um, you see, if, if we leave God out of the picture, all our wisdom becomes useless knowledge. And Solomon seems to hint at that. All our pleasure becomes short-term selfishness. All our achievements become passing and futile. Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, says all that in Ecclesiastes. He's saying, what's the use of pleasure? What's the use of achievement? What's the use of wisdom? But what he's saying is, he's rhetorically saying something along the lines of, if you leave God totally out of the picture, uh, what do these things amount to? Nothing very much. Um, And and now, as such, it's meant to be negative. Ecclesiastes, I suppose, is like uh, having a bucket of cold water thrown over us to wake us up to some unpleasant realities in life. Um, uh, The writer is simply saying, if you leave God out of the picture, utterly out of the picture, completely out of the picture, uh, then this is what life can be like. And Solomon uh, says, look, I've experienced some of this, and I tell you what, it's not good. So it's, it's sort of like a warning. Now, of course, it does contain some hopeful passages and some brief reflections um, on what life is like if God does come into the picture. But it's only negative in as much as it describes life if you utterly leave God out of the picture. It, it doesn't describe life simply if I'm not a Christian in our terms, no, because there's many people who aren't Christians who live very fruitful and satisfying lives. That's part of the, what we call the common grace of God. But if 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 you are, as it were, uh, not a Christian in our terms, and you leave God utterly out of the picture, all the good things that He gives us, pleasure. Uh, achievement wisdom and so on all those things become emptied of their ultimate value. so look i think ecclesiastes is in the bible because god wants us to be warned he says careful this is what it is like if you leave me utterly out of the picture it's 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 Probably the closest parallel to the book is um, Lamentations, the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Where, where in the book of Lamentations, it's it's a it's fundamentally a very negative picture, but it's a picture that's in the Bible to show what happens when you turn radically away from God.
0: Thanks, David. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A uh, this week. Next week, we'll join David and we'll be looking at uh, the gifts of the Spirit and also small church or small Bible studies within church. Till then, have a great week and uh, we'll speak to you next week.